He said he's going to have that government authority at some point. Another uh, definition is the right, authority is the right to act in a specified way delegated from one person or organization to another. A person or an organization having power or control in a particular sphere. Let's talk about the United States. There are certain rules. Every country has their rules. If you're a part of the a citizenship of the United States, you have both privileges and you have responsibility. Pay your taxes. If not, there's a consequence, right? And so we have, when our president negotiates freedom from prisoners who are in other countries, and he exercises the right to restore, bring back the remains of our servicemen from North Korea, etc., those are privileges of being part of the United States. The government makes... Uh, takes actions on our behalf in their authority that we have given to them. Well, where does authority come from? If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, where does authority come from? Ultimately, God. But let's, let's talk about authority in a business world. Um, if you're an employee of a business, you come, you're part of their employment you submit to them in the rules of that employment or there's consequences. Show up on time or get docked and pay or take up, you get fired. If you don't submit to that authority, there are consequences to it. But if you submit to that authority and you work in accordance with it, you also receive benefits by it. Correct? And so authority comes from belonging and it's also delegated. Let's take the case of the police officers. They become part of the police force. They go to training, right? They belong, but then they are given delegated authority. So they can stand out on College Road in a uniform or a light flashing and tell a tractor trailer, you need to stop. And you better stop or there will be consequences to you failing to submit to that level of authority. So authority comes, if faith comes by hearing, authority comes by belonging and being delegated. What did Jesus say to the disciples? Come follow me. First they belonged. And then he says, now I give you power and authority over all works of the devil. Right? So first they belong. So there's a privilege of belonging to the family of God. There's a great privilege of belonging to the family. You're going to live forever. Can I get an amen on that? Those who don't are going to have a rude awakening on the day he returns. Man, that is going to be a rude awakening. You mean it was real? Yeah, it was. It is. And so authority comes from belonging and delegating. Let's, um, authority gives enabling power. If you look at your handout for a minute, at the top there, I've kind of, there's four columns or four blocks, and I'm sure my wife's going, oh my gosh, we're going to, we're not, just rest. We're not doing that all today. Uh, But I do believe, I'm trying to lay foundations, one of the responsibilities I have is to get you ready for what's coming, right? The fivefold ministry is to equip the saints for the works of ministry, amen? And so we've been laying foundation on our Wednesday nights, been very, very uh, before the Lord in prayer. What is it that the body needs to know? Then it's up to you. You decide whether you come and be part or not. But we're doing our part, right? And so I believe these four areas are specific and important 
And in fact, what Pat Bradford shared, in the, even in the tithing, that number three block there, giving that rebukes the devourer. At some point, we'll get into that. We're going to look at spiritual warfare in a few weeks. But right now, we are teaching on Wednesday night that second column of overcoming offense. Probably one of the major things. I can't tell you how many churches are splitting right now. I've had several calls this week. Mike Thornton prophesied over me, there's going to be people calling, you're going to be giving advice. And I'm like, okay. And then boom, three pastors started calling me out of the blue. Ministry guys came and met with me. I need some counsel. I'm like, Lord, help me. Now, I've got some scars to show that I've walked through some of this before. And sometimes when you walk through that stuff, you learn some stuff, right? I'm not an authority, but I, we do pray, and, and I thank God for it. We, we are looking at overcoming offense, which is a large issue in families. Why are there so many divorces? Why is there so much rebellion right now in the nation? People don't understand authority. They don't know about, st- don't run your mouth. Be quiet, right? There's a reason he said, in Proverbs, Solomon said something, I've given you two ears and one mouth, and there's a reason. In fact, you'll even look wise if you will be quiet, right? Anyway, that's off track. But let, there's something about overcoming offense. But today, I want to look at walking under the cover of authority. I want to shift because I think to understand this, there's been some teaching, and I think it's a new revelation. Last week we looked at, remember when we looked at the difference or we looked at natural laws and the overcoming of certain natural laws, walking on water, blind eyes see. I gave an example of in aerodynamics where gravity over, is overcome by aerodynamics. If you get the right conditions set, right, you see this massive piece of metal with 400 people in it fly, well, how long did that knowledge exist? It's existed in God from the beginning, but we didn't have revelation of it. Do you know that in the last 50 years, that's why the millennials right now, they want everything right now. The last 50 years, there's been more understanding and explosion of knowledge than in the prior 5,000 years. It says knowledge is doubling every 24 months. Whew, it showed last night. My wife and I were just amazed. I, one of the, I don't know, Judge Dean or one of those, anyway, um, they had this drone that was shooting a flamethrower. And they said it was to take care of beehives. Yeah, right. That certainly sounded like some of the scriptures about when, when in the book of Revelation, when John was trying to sp- talk about these things that looked like bugs that were shooting fire out of their mouth. I'm like, good night. Well, this is, and if that's available, you could go buy a drone if you want to take care of your beehive that way. It's kind of spooky what's coming out. If that's what's available right now, what does our military have? What are the other characters? I mean, come on. So what's the point? There's revelation that is, exists that has not been brought forward yet. And there's knowledge and revelation that Paul tells us in Ephesians. He says, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ would be yours. And so I believe there's revelation that's coming at this day for such a time as this. So I want to walk you down one right now. And I want, of course, you need to study the scriptures. You need to check this out because we need to rightly divide truth. But I always try to build our foundational stuff on the scriptures. So I want us to understand if we walk under the cover of authority, where does authority come from? It comes from belonging and being delegated. 
but it also comes from understanding rightly divided truth. So, I want to talk to you about the third heaven. Do you know that you are seated in the third heaven right now if you are a believer? Where can I find that scripture? Somebody tell me. It's in Ephesians. Remember he said, in Ephesians he said, Christ is now seated at the right hand of God where you are seated with him in honor and glory. So here we are, we sit in the first heaven. Let me build some scripture here. We sit in the first heaven. In Genesis, it says that God formed the heavens and the earth. And he says he separated the heavens from the earth, right? And he calls that the first heaven or he calls it heaven. Well, what about the third heaven? There's no mention in Scripture of a second heaven, but if there is a mention in, he- in the Scriptures of the third heaven, there must be a first and a second and a third. A- amen? Okay, now let's, let's get some Scripture on this. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I love the Corinthians church. They were always in trouble, so Paul did a good job of teaching them, and we learned a lot from that, right? And Paul's authority was being challenged by the super apostles, right? And so he does this thing. He says, I shouldn't boast, but he boasts. And then he goes on and talks about all the things that he accomplished, right? Well, one of the things he finally ends up with is a revelation or something that occurred to him 12 years, at least, in the ministry. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, and let's begin in verse 1. Are you there? You might want to write some of these scriptures. You might turn over your outline. You know, there's something about seeing, reading, and recording. I know I'm a note taker, those who might not like to take notes, but I encourage you, take some notes. Look these up. In 2 Corinthians 12, 1, it says this. Paul says, this is boasting, and it will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell you about visions and revelations from the Lord. I, Paul, was caught up in the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. I don't know that I was caught up to paradise and I heard things so astounding they cannot be expressed in words, things that no human is allowed to tell. Wow. That sounds like eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him, but he's revealed it by his spirit. Amen. So we know that Paul was caught up because this is experience is worth boasting about, verse 5. But I'm not going to do it. Well, you just did, but okay, Paul. Good. The point of this was Paul was caught up into the third heaven. So now let's establish these levels of heaven because once you understand and once I understand where you are seated in the third heaven, if you will operate in your delegated authority in faith from the third heaven, you will operate to see things happen. But if you fight and you operate from the first and second heaven, you're going to deal with lots of issues. And we've not learned. This is a new, I think, a, a revelation. I've been a Christian for almost 45 years, and I have not heard this kind of teaching except in the last few months. So let's, let's look at this. The first heaven, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. He called it the thir- firmament of heaven in King James. 
in the New Living, he calls it the sky. So if you look out, as you look at the firm, there's the first heaven. You see it. You operate. The rain falls from it. Well, we know from other scriptures that at this point in Ephesians 6, let's turn there. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians 6, very familiar scripture about putting on the full armor of God. Let's look at verse 10. A final word, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's the new living. King James says it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12, but against principalities. I want you to see that that word, principalities, some of your translations have that, is actually the Greek word origins. We fight against origins, principalities in heavenly places. Well, I'll venture to say that there is no demons and Satan is not in the third heaven. He is not there. How do we know that? Revelation 12 says there was a war in heaven and the, the Satan and his demons were thrown out of heaven. That's the good news. The bad news is they were thrown to earth. So we wrestle not against that now, right? Well, yes, we do. We fight against demons, not, not people. So we know that there is a first heaven, and there there's got to be a second heaven. And this is the place where the devil and his demons in darkness dwell. But we're seated at the right hand of the Father, right, in the third heaven with Jesus. And that's where our workmanship is established. So are you, are you tracking me? You're following me. Okay, it's important because you understand. Once we lay this foundation and understand the the revelation of truth from the Scriptures, then we can operate in a level of authority that we've not had or understood before. Amen? Okay. So there are no demons in the third heaven, and we're seated with Him, Ephesians 2. Well, let's, let's just turn back here in Ephesians 6. Turn back to Ephesians 2. Let me lay this foundation. First of all, let's look at verse chapter 1, and we'll look at verse 3 for a moment. Let me establish the belonging, and then we'll establish the delegating, because that's where authority comes from, right? If you are a child of God, if you belong to the family of God, you've been adopted into the family, you've got privileges from being under that name. Yes? Use His name, right? And what's supposed to happen? He's told us if you're a believer, Mark 16 says, these signs will follow them that believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover, right? Handle deadly things without harm. We've established this in the faith walk the last few weeks, right? Don't touch a leper in the Old Testament. New Testament, go lay hands on the leper. They'll recover. Okay, so when we establish that we belong, look at verse 3, Ephesians 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, for heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before that we made the world, God loved us, chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided, if God decided, it is done, in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us 
to Himself through Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 19. I pray also you'll understand the incredible greatness of this power, God's power, for us who believe in Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Verse 23, and the church is His body and made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with Himself. Look at verse 6 of chapter 2. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ so we can point to all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace. Look at verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a masterpiece. No, you got to say it with vigor. Come on. I am a masterpiece. That's not prideful. It's in there. You're like, I'm a masterpiece. You might want to look in the mirror. Some of you say, I'm a masterpiece. Don't let it go to your head, but just let it be there, right? He created you anew in Christ Jesus so we can do all things that he planned for us long ago. Created anew. You know that scripture says when you become a new believer, you become a new creature in Christ. A new creature. That's not like a new form of the old design. The literal word in the Greek means a new prototype. You never, it never existed before. That, that'll blow your mind. You look like the same person, right? I got the same wrinkles. On, but no, no, no. When you got born again, you became a new creation. Woo. That's because that new creation, that born again experience, then allows you to put on that transformation day when you stand where it says the corruption will put on incorruption. Man, we're going to be like, right? I'm a new creation in Christ. I tell my wife, will you see me in the future? A little thing's falling down right now, but hang on, baby. It's going to be all right. Created anew in Christ. All right, now let's look at delegated authority for a moment. If you look at Matthew 28, what did Jesus say? Turn, let's turn there for a minute. Matthew 28. Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. He's standing before the believers, who some are like, oh my, right? They're like, can this really be true? And he says this. This is the great commission, not the great suggestion, right? The great commission is for you to go out and do the work of the kingdom. He says in verse 18, Matthew 28, 18, following the resurrection, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I want to stop there a minute. Why did he say, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth? Hello? Because we, there's no question he had authority in heaven. But what happened to the authority on earth? That was given away when your great, 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 great grandfather, Adam, messed it all up. He had been given full authority, but in that time of that deception, the keys were given to Satan. That's why Jesus had to become a man and get the keys back. We see that in Revelation. We've taught it. But let me, let me go here. Turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. Are you tracking? Okay. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. He tells us here that when the disciples come back, these are 70 that are on a mission trip, right? I love this scripture. It says, when the 72 came back, verse 12, uh, this is Luke 10, let's begin in verse 17. When the 72 disciples returned from their mission trip, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. That was like, whoa, we got power, right? He, be careful now. Jesus said, he says, yes, I saw Satan falling from the sky, from heaven, like lightning. But look, I've given authority over the power of the enemy. I have given you authority over all power of the enemy, and you can walk among the snakes and scorpions and crush them, and nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice about having power over evil spirits. Rejoice that your names are registered in heaven. Citizenship, right? Here's belonging. Belonging and delegated authority. You belong to Christ because your name's written in the book. But I've delegated authority to you. Now, don't get all wound up about your power trip over demons. Keep your focus on the fact that you're mine. But yes, I've given you full power. You can walk among them. They're gonna, you're going to need to crush them. Now, Jesus did not argue with the devil. Let's turn back to delegation of authority. Look at Luke 4 now. Go back a few chapters to Luke 4. Very interesting scripture that Jesus doesn't argue with the devil, but establishes this principle. I know this, just track with me, keep on. The temptation of Jesus. Jesus goes and is baptized. John argues with him, I shouldn't do it, I'm not worthy. He goes, yes, we gotta do it. He baptizes, says heaven is torn open. It literally means ripped open, and it says the Spirit of God, the Father speaks of Jesus' identity. He's then empowered with the Holy Ghost, and it says now Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, is led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted of the devil. You ever wonder like, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're leading me. Now, why am I, why are we going into the desert with the devil? Just to show the devil what's up with all that. All right, look at verse, look at verse six. In that temptation, the devil says to Jesus, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms He shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And then the devil says to Jesus, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. That ought to spook you a little bit. Those who are in places of authority that don't belong to Jesus, they got demon authority. Hello? Now, Jesus does not argue with him. But that's the basis when he goes into the depths of the earth after the resurrection, those three days, and it says, he who led captives, captive, and he goes and he gets the keys back. And I venture to say, he went up to the devil and says, give me the keys back now. The one who was dead is now alive, and he shall live forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and of death. And he gets the keys back. And then he comes out in the resurrection, and then he gathers the ladies and the guys together who believe and says, I've gotten all authority and power, and now you go and make disciples of all men. I've overcome that, and I delegate to you that authority. Okay? You tracking? I've got Scripture to validate. You okay? We got it. Okay. Now, let's go back and say, now, if you think about where we are in this third heaven revelation, 
this place of origins, this we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. That word in the Greek is origins. And if you get the wrong understanding of Scripture or you're led in a deceptive way, you can start to believe really weird stuff. I heard a teaching by Chris Volton. I love this. He does this whole teaching on origins. It's really solid, I believe. And he says, in Philippians in chapter 2, Paul says to the church at Philippi, he goes, when I first came and preached to you the origins, the same word that's used here in Ephesians 6, I preached to you the origins of the good news of Christ. When Paul went to the church at Philippi and he revealed to them the gospel of Christ, the origination of the truth about the gospel, they got it, and that church flourished. Well, there are origins, or there are, there are things being taught today that you will start to believe things that are not true. Man, in Romans 1, he, he warns this. He says, when they refuse to listen and honor the God who is, they start to believe all sorts of crazy things. It says they no longer worshiped the one, they worshiped the creation rather than the creator. And it says he gave them open to, gave them over to a reprobate, deceptive mind. That they might believe things that are not true, creating ways to sin more and more. And then it goes into this whole thing about homosexuality and how wrong it is that they start to believe that is a truth. And he calls it an abomination. Go read it in Romans 1. And it says that origin today, it's like we used to protect humans and kill animals. And today there's an origin that says we ought to protect animals and kill humans. That's an origin of thought that is rooted in, in a lie. Yeah. Yeah. This thing that says you're born with certain body parts, and if you're born with male body parts, well, you may not be a male. What the heck origin is that? That's confusion. That is, that you should marry. This is, this is an origin that says they will start to believe lies. They will call good evil and evil good. That's exactly, Paul warned it. He told Timothy over and over again, in the latter days, you're going to see these things. They're going to forbid to get married. They're going to forbid to eat these things. They're going to they're call good evil and evil good. We are living in that day. These are origins of thought that are wrong. This evolutionary theory, another one that uh, Chris Follin goes, I love it. He goes, these, these are supposed to be smart people about evolution. It's like, I think he used the example, he says, two Volkswagens crashed together and they produced a Corvette. He goes, and what they do is, ah, oh, but it took a billion years. So they crashed together for a billion years and they produced the Corvette. These are, this is an origin of thought that is just bonkers. This is they still got to borrow God's molecules. Where did the bang come from? That's God's bang, right? It's his dust. I mean, it's just bizarre. I mean, these are, so we got to challenge the origins of thought that you're hearing out there that are coming from places that are not grounded in this word, right? Or we will be deceived. He says, in the last days, many will be deceived. Denominations that are splitting today over these origins of thought. And so we have to be careful, but he's rightly dividing truth. Okay. Now, this third heaven process, if you'll look at your outline. The family privileges, I've covered some of this, is first of all, your identity, they're under that first bullet. The, the privilege of being part of the family of God is you have an identity. You are a son of daughter of the Most High God. 
You're a masterpiece. Well, God, I, sometimes I feel like a masterpiece. Yeah, well, okay. Now, he's not finished with you or me yet, praise God. He said in Philippians 1.6, he who began to work will perform it. You can come kicking or screaming or you can come voluntarily. But you sign on a dotted line and you believe in him. <laughs> All right. So identity and intimacy. I love this. Let's, let's go look at uh, John for a minute. Turn back to John. Let's go basic, back to the principles. In John chapter 3, such a wonderful revelation by John the Revelator. In John 3, and let's look at verse 3. It's the top of your outline there. He speaks to this religious leader, and they, they're kind of wowed by all the miracles he's doing, right? And so Nicodemus comes, a Pharisee, comes to him at night, probably afraid of his reputation, sneaks up there at night and says, we know that uh, you, you must have come from God because you teach us, and the miraculous things you did is really evident. See, the signs validate that the message is true. In verse 3, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom. What do you mean, Nicodemus, the old man? Go back into my mother's womb, be born again. Jesus, I assure you, you can't enter the kingdom without being born of water and spirit. Okay, so unless you become born again, you can't see the origin of truth. Remember in, in, in uh, Corinthians, he says, if you try to argue spiritual things with a natural man, they can't get it. You will, if you've ever done that, you've got family members or loved ones, or it's like you're telling them, he goes, you believe that stuff? And yes, they can't perceive it because they're not born of the Spirit. They can't see the kingdom. But unless you're born of the Spirit and born of the water, you can't enter the kingdom. And so we see in this Gospel of John, he says, this is the revelation. So there's where both intimacy, revelation, identity comes from. But then you got lots of kinfolk. Turn around and says, you're my kin. Whether you like it or not, some of you sit on one side and some over there, right? You're kin. <laughs> You're going to live forever with them in heaven. I don't know how that works. God might even put you in a house next to them. So you might want to get over the offense. <laughs> Hello. It makes for really good neighbors. Have you ever lived next to neighbors that don't particularly like you very much? Holy Ghost. That can be tough. Okay. Kinfolk. Christ lives in me. And that we're members of the family. I read that in Ephesians 1. And in Romans 8, he tells us we, are, we can call him Abba, Father. He is my Father, right? You're also, it gets better, you're royalty. Not only you sons and daughters, he looks at you as kings and priests. That is just, wow. Um, Revelation 1, 6, he says that in 1 Peter 2, right? In John 14, he says, you're not orphans. If it weren't so, I would have told you. I'm, when everything's ready, I'll come get you. You're not an orphan. And then the gift of peace and rest that comes. Stop worrying. He tells us, what are you worried about? Why, why, why do you worry? Wow, why do you worry? When you worry, it opens the door to complaining. Complaining is to the devil as worship is to God. I heard that, and it's like, oh, when you start worrying, you open the door to complaining, and when you complain, that's why 
Those guys in the desert wandered around for 40 years complaining about this. They complain about we don't have any food. And so then he sends them Brits donuts, right? The, the sweet manna, right? And then they complained about that. And he sent them dove. And, and it's like, well, it wasn't vegan, by the way. And it was sweet. It was good. And so anyway, that's, that's just off track for a minute. I just a poke, poke, poke. Anyway, so what do we see here? Stop complaining because when you complain... It's kind of what Mark was alluding to. If I'm 95% in believing the goodness of God, but my sight, it doesn't see it right now, I open my mouth and I worry and complain about it, and then it's empowering the actual curse, and it actually empowers the devil to go and do more damage. So if you can think about just... And we all got, James says, if you can control your tongue, you're a spirit man. James 3, right? And so be careful what's coming out of your mouth. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? I'm preaching to the choir here. Come on. And so we can look at this family privilege. Now, go to the left bar there. It says, walking under the cover of authority. Under authority. Well, we can see the giving of authority comes. Let's turn to Matthew Chapter 8, remember it's belonging, but it's delegating. I'm sorry, Matthew 28, we looked at that again. So so we see under authority, Matthew 28, Jesus says, I've given this all to you. Now go and use it. Go do something with it. And then he says that delegated authority, I want to camp a little more on that. In that, turn back to Matthew 8. We covered this, I think, last week. I just feel like I'm supposed to cover it again. Jesus spoke about the Roman officer who had great faith, right? It was that scripture in Matthew 8, 5 that he talks to the Roman officer who comes. He knows the Roman officer had known. I don't know how he knew it, but he knew that Jesus was the healer, and he must have known that Jesus was the Son of God. We don't have any understanding of who this Roman officer is, but he understood God's authority. He understood Christ's authority to speak healing. Now, whether he had witnessed it, whether he had become a believer himself, there's no information on that. But he says to Christ, Jesus says, well, I'll come and I'll lay hands on your servant. And the Roman officer says, it's not necessary for you to do that because I understand authority. As a Roman legion officer, if I tell my guys go and do, and they do, right? If not, they're thrown in the brig. And so he says, I understand authority, and you are obviously under it, so therefore, just say it. This is such a big setup for us who have delegated authority to speak to mountains, to pray differently, not begging God, but to pray differently, right? How often and how long should you pray? I mean, we got miracles sitting right here. Angel is a miracle. A few weeks ago, he's in a hospital in New York. And, man, it's like, God. The other, where, where's John Maples? Where, John's over here. Another miracle, right? He was down for a month. Last night, he and his whole team here were up there worshiping. And there's some prayer that went up that was different. I'm just telling you. There's a reason God drops these levels of revelation on faith. We need to pray differently. 
We've got to start praying from the understanding of authority. Whether you see it or not, you know, I shared this last week. Remember the, the unjust judge and the woman keeps bugging him? Jesus does this to teach about prayer. Man, Tony understands this. She's in here how many times a week, Tony? Every day. I see her. I said, I'm so glad we got intercessors up here praying and bathing this place. The intercessor, praying at home. Listen, what is the picture of this? Here's this unjust judge, and this woman keeps going there. I want justice. I want justice. I want justice. I want ju-. And he's like, man, I don't like men. I don't like this woman, but this woman is plumb wearing me out. Just to get her off my back, I'm going to give her justice. Now, what in the world, Jesus, is that parable about prayer? Well, how long, I have, how long should I pray, Pastor? Pray till you see something change. Well, Pastor, I've had lots of years of prayer. Well, keep praying. Well, man, I prayed. I, you know, if God knows where I am, if, keep praying. Then he say, pray, pray, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking, keep. Well, Pastor, I'm, I haven't seen it. Well, keep asking. Well, how many times should I come up? I don't know. Keep asking. Well, you know, Jesus, he knows my prayer. Did Jesus pray more than once? He sure did. Remember the guy who said was blind, and he says he prayed the first time, he saw nothing but shadows? Now, if the Son of God, who healed so many people, needed to pray more than once, I think we could do it, right? He prayed all night. I shared last week, he prayed all night when he was getting deciding on who his, prince, who his, who his disciples were going to be. He needed to commune with the Father. Do you re- can you imagine that discussion? You, you really want me to put Judas on this? Do you know that guy's going to rob the purse? going to... Son, put Judas in there. I got a plan. Okay. Hey, this doesn't make logical sense in many things, but we don't operate by logical sense. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't you lean on your understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your pathways. Now, again, I'm preaching to the choir because it's like, Lord, how many times do we pray? Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep seeking. All right, look at your outline. We, we cover this. You're a citizen of heaven, and you've been given delegated authority over all power of the enemy. Luke 10, you can't imagine how many times I have prayed this. When we've been in dangerous places, people who are under blood sacrifice who've been sent to kill me and kill the pastors, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, right? Is that Scripture really true, God? Because you said it. I'm believing it right now. And you better hurry up. And we're in Tanzania, delivered the woman. She says, yeah, I just got delivered. But, you know, there's four other of us out here that's come to kill you. <laughs> and I'm about ready to go on stage and preach. That'll tell you whether you believe it or not. Is Psalm 91 true or is it not true? Those who dwell in the safety and the shadow of the Most High will find rest under the rest of the shadow of the Almighty. Right? You may see a thousand fallen or ten thousand right, but these evils will not befall you. Why? Because you have declared him your, your refuge in your strong tower. Now, you remind God of that when you get in a battleground, right, Kent? How many battles you been in, brother? Mozambique, good Lord, in the morning. I'm glad I'm not called there, but I bless you, my brother. Whew. The battlegrounds that are real. Authority, spiritual. Now, let's look at submission to authority. We covered this. We're covering it in our... Intercession, but Romans 13 says, submit to all levels of authority. That's Paul. 
Well, I'll submit to good level of authority. No, it doesn't say that. Well, I'll submit to authority I like, who agrees with me. No, it doesn't say that. Well, I don't like Trump. I don't like Obama. I don't like... Pray for them. Well, I don't like Ms. Pelosi, and I don't like Chuck Schumer. I... Pray for them. Keep your mouth shut. Judge, yes, judge the sin. That doesn't mean we cooperate with sin that is in direct violation. If there's a platform of belief and origins that says homosexuality is for our nation, that does not line up with this word. And therefore, I will tell you what I think, and I will vote for those who do not support that. But I still will pray for those that they'll get a revelation. Do you know that Trump was not a pro-lifer way back in the day? And he is now, and he's done more to put pro-life judges in than others. So what is that about? God, I just think people are praying. Now, is he a Sunday school teacher? No, he's not. But I have a feeling that some of our enemies are a little nervous about that dude. All right, I'm off track. I'm just saying pray, pray, pray. Pray that those who are in authority, because if I got, there are all these theories, all these conspiracy theories, and all these worries, and all there's these camps, and FEMA's going to do that. Guess what? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, we don't walk in fear. We don't walk there. Now, we don't tolerate injustice either, so we have to change. We're not a perfect nation. We, we, we know that from the beginning, but guess what? I don't want to live anywhere else. I've been in so many countries. I don't want to live anywhere else. Unless God calls me, I I like it right here. We pray for this nation. Okay, so we pray in Romans 13. Now let's look at the other levels. What are the four levels of authority? Now this is going to start to get into your business in a minute here. One, it says government. That's in Romans. Submit to the government. Pay your taxes, Romans 13. Pray the, pay those things that are owed to you. You borrow money, you ought to pay it back. Hello? Amen. All right, so we submit to your, pay your employees. Don't pay them under the table. You're stealing, you're a thief, and that's in violation of the Scriptures. Come on, you can't, well, I believe in God, and I believe, well, come on, guys, right? It got real quiet in here, okay? I know I'm messing with your stuff, but I, hey, I'm messing in my stuff, okay? We've got, if we're going to be truthful about what it is, we've got to, so submission to government. If I don't like it, I vote for those who can change things, right? All right, so government submission. He says he put the government there. If you're in violation of government rules, there will be consequences, and it's for your own protection. When I look at what they're doing to police officers and the dishonor and de- degradation of that place of honor. Now, are there bad apples? Yes, there's bad apples everywhere. In the pulpit, in your house, in your family, there's bad apples. But you know what? We're to honor those people. And they're the ones, if you call 911, guess who's coming? It's the first responders. The very ones that are being degraded right now. Those, that's wrong. Now, if there's an injustice, the justice system needs to take care of that. But honor is due where honor is due. And when you're in trouble, that's the ones you're going to call for. And you look, go online and just look at some of these first responders and what they put themselves, these firemen that run into these places. I mean, come on. These ambulance drivers who show up, the police officers, you're in trouble. 
and then we want to tear them down because of some bad apples? That's not right. There needs to be honor, and we need to honor and pray. And if it's not right, we pray for justice to be done, right? So honoring government. Okay. Let's look at business. You're to honor your employer. Well, I don't like some of the things. I don't like their rules. I don't like the hours. I don't like how they set me up on shift work. I remember doing four and a half years of shift work, training under summer. I didn't like it, but I certainly took the paycheck. I like the benefits. Well, why don't we honor our employer? And if you don't like it, go somewhere else, right? This idea of tearing down and gossiping about your boss, this one doesn't do it right. They like somebody better than me. That's unjust. This is just running your mouth, and that's complaining. And guess what? That's not the best way. I would pray about it. God will not keep his hand off your destiny unless you mess with it, right? Again, I'm just preaching to the choir here because I've been there and done that. I worked 25 years for GE, and I saw some stuff that was unjust, and I ran my mouth. And when I stopped running my mouth and I got saved and started praying for him, I got promoted. <laughs> and now I'm here. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know. Anyway, okay. So, employers, we need to honor those and give them. That's why the Lord said, do you work unto the Lord? You don't, you're working unto the Lord, right? They may not be right, they may, you know, but work unto, as unto the Lord. If you honor him, he will honor you, right? A man will not, God says in, in uh, Galatians 6, God will not be mocked. When a man sows, he shall also reap, right? Okay, let's look at a third one, the family. One of the commandments is honor your mother and father. Well, what if my father and mother are not honorable? doesn't say that. Only honor those that are honorable. It says honor them. Well, what if I don't agree with them? Well, then tell them where the disagreement is. Set up boundaries. Protection if you're an adult. But we need to honor our families. Honor one another in marriage. The marriage is undefiled. Adultery and fornication and pornography dishonors the marriage bed. You wonder why families are falling apart? It's because we got a bunch of dishonor running all over the place. We talk about we're going to honor God, and, and yet we don't behave that way. And God sees it, and He says, I can't, I can't violate my word. If you sow that, you sow adulterous relationships and pornography in your life, guess what? you got another person in your marriage. These things are true. They're true. And if we sow honor and we sow truth, God will bless it because that's His word. And so we got to honor the family. Well, this whole relationship about husbands over the wife. And, listen, we honor, we're, we're, he says there's no longer, Galatians says there's no longer male, female, Greek, or Jew. He says we're all one spirit. And if we walk together, when, when we honor one another in marriage, who wouldn't want to partner together? Not, we're not going to have disagreements. Good Lord, 46 years married. We haven't always agreed. But she's seen the light. No. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. I know. What was that about? Watch what you say. Oh, Jesus. I'm, okay. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> okay. You'll be eating out of the mailbox the next week, right? Yeah, all right. 
All right, moving right along. The fourth area is in the church. Honor in the church. Authority in the church. Well, what happens when the church is not doing things right? The denomination has decided to go in a direction that is contrary to the word. Well, get out. Don't talk evil of them, but don't support that either. But what about when the direct, what if I don't agree? And it's like, man, do you ever see these guys? They do flags in that place. Or they, they let these children run all over the place. It's called worship. Um, and uh, suffer the little children to come unto me. But I got to remember the day I walked in here and I sat right where Pat was. And I'm like, what the heck are those? First of all, they don't have a suit on. And they're doing all this flagging stuff. And the guy that was up here, Bert Aguilar, was preaching with a ponytail and a shirt that says, God rules and a cut-off T-shirt. I'm like, and this religious spirit kid back here named Tom was sitting there going, oh, my Lord, what the heck did you bring me into? My wife said, just sit down and be quiet. You'll be all right. That was wisdom, right? And I realized, if you judge God, that can't be God because my experience is that's not God. And then he, won- then he preaches, he says, be careful that you don't attribute the things of the Holy Spirit to something that's not God. And I came back the next week without my tie, and the rest is, and now I are one of you all. <laughs> and I promote it, oh my God. Anyway, I- I'm not making fun of any, hey, when I had to repent. Some of them remember I was in Tanzania, I got invited to a, a rather traditional church, and they wanted me to preach along with the, with the priest. And he takes me in the back room, and he puts me in a robe. I've never worn a robe. I don't even know how it goes on. They held me. It was long. It was like, you know. And then he says, just follow me. And they, some of them were there, and, they, and there's incense, and I'm like, we're doing all these things. And, and I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And some of my guys, they're like, they're cracking up because they know I'm losing it. It's like, I'm trying to honor that. I really am. And we preached the word. Well, we got back here, and my guys set me up, and they got me a robe. And I went along with it, and the Lord smacked me. He said, don't you make fun of the house that I've sent you to. I've asked you to represent me there. And I repented, and I, and I have never done that again. I said, the privilege of me. And you know what? We went back there the next year. And that place was turned right side up. The, the priest had left, and there was a new pastor there, and the place was packed in the Holy Ghost. And so my, 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 my teaching point of this is be careful. Be careful what we judge. Just because your experience is not that doesn't mean it's not God. I remember we get out of the, the Land Rover in, Mo- in Mutara, no, where were we? In uh, Tet, in Mozambique. Our first trip to Africa, we pull in the Land Rover, hundreds of kids come out, and in the dirt, they've got these coffee, these Coca-Cola cans with rocks in them, and a trash can, and they're worshiping God and kicking up the dust, and my wife is dancing with them for hours in the dirt, and I'm going, that is one of the most sweetest worship I've ever seen. Totally foreign to me. Didn't have all the sound system. That was God-given. Be careful that we don't judge when we come into the house of, so be careful about speaking evil of other denominations. 
we honor. They, they may be different, and there may be areas that we don't agree with, and we speak truth about that. We don't agree with that. We, we speak truth, but we still got to love them. Because guess what? 25 years ago, I was the religious spirit sitting right there. And now, where are we? God, thank you that you bring us to a place. Honor of authority is a huge call in these last days. Because as it gets worse and worse and the darkness rises, so does the light. And so we want to look at what it means to walk undercover. We're going to unpack this as the weeks go by. We want to look at, so keep, keep your blue hand out. It's, put it on cardstock. Just fold it up if you've got a Bible. or We'll have more if you don't. It's all right. Don't worry if you don't bring it. But there is places here in that walking under the cover of authority. It's dangerous in gossip, speaking evil of one another, and there's something powerful about submission. Submission is different than obedience. You may dress it all up at your place of work or in your house, right? We got some two-year-olds, and they know they're going to go in time out if they don't, if they don't obey. So they'll obey, sitting there like this. But they are certainly not submitted. Right? Submission is a thing of the heart. Right? And so there's a difference between obedience. I'll behave like this even though I don't like it because I don't want to get in more trouble. Right? But I'll run my mouth and gossip about my church, the government, my employer, that's not a submitted heart. So I'm, I am preaching to me some things that we need. Uh, the Lord is calling us to a higher level of that. Whether this whole racial divide, all of the male-female divide, right now the Jezebel spirit is running wild. The Jezebel spirit is running absolutely wild. That is anything that's male or female that undermines legitimate authority. The really good teaching on, if you want to look at Sid Roth, uh, Michael uh, Brown came on. And I don't know, you can test this or not. He says, Trump is a Jehu. Jehu was the one that exposed a lot of the Jezebel stuff, took care of that. If you look at all the stuff that's flying, right, the squad's coming after him, he's saying, and he just, you know, opens his mouth and puts the trap out. And sometimes you would like, please, Mr. President, don't say that. But you know, hey. He has caused a stirring in the authority level that's being exposed, the lack of authority, the, the dishonor of authority. Now, I'm not telling you to be, I'm not a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent. I am a citizen of the Most High God. We need to call out those things that we see on any platform that's not right. And you know the last election, I presented you the DNC platform and the Republican platform. And I said, now, I'm done. You've got to decide. You will answer to God how you vote on this. I presented both sides, and we'll try to do the same as we go forward. Because one day you're going to say, well, these are the principles. What, what, who, who and why are you really voting for this person? Is it for the stuff you're going to get? Or is it for the principles that God laid down? That's really... So we got to ask the Lord about what to do. And He'll show you who to vote for. And so, but it's coming down. And I believe this Jezebel spirit is running wild right now. And this undermining of legitimate authority. And we just pray. We're, we're now in our government sphere. We're praying this whole month. We fasted last Wednesday. 
And this we're praying for the government. And next, next month we're going to pray as intercessors for family, that God will touch the families. So I want to invite the ministry team to come on up. And I want to invite the uh, worship team to come up as well. I want to close here. And, and um, if you're here this morning and there's an area of your life that the Holy Spirit touched and you just want to, I want to pray with someone, our ministry team agrees to keep your stuff private to honor this. And so, but it also says if two or three of you would agree. So we had an altar call for salvation we had an altar call for those areas of our life that we know we're not, as, as Mark was saying, it, we know that maybe we haven't fully got revelation of that goodness and truth of God on. Or there's an area of your life where, you know what, I, I've been, I haven't honored here. It may be your marriage. Maybe you need to go home and call up mom or dad or brother or sister or, or just make a commitment from now on. I want to honor those that are in authority over me wherever they are, and then work on my heart that I'm submitted without just being obedient. <laughs> so why don't we stand and Wednesday night, remember tomorrow night, Monday night, we'll be, the men's group will be at the Billy Graham preparation for Legion Stadium October 5th. There is sign-up sheets that are going around. If you haven't had a chance, we're looking for volunteers. A number of churches, there are 2,000 young people that don't have the money or the wherewithal for going back to school. And so we've joined with New Beginnings Church, Robert Campbell. Um, this is our sixth year with them, but we need some volunteers for setup, takedown, packing those bags. We as a church have donated some of our offerings, have gone to pack those 2,000 book bags so the children have the supplies and stuff to go back. and Lots of places. Volunteers for House of Mercy. We certainly could use some help at House of Mercy on Thursdays. So, Lord, I thank you that your word allows us to kind of look at areas in our own life that are places you're calling us to a higher place of authority. God, I pray that that truth that would set us free. Holy Spirit, you're the one who came to set the captives free and whom the Son sets free, you said would be free indeed. And So Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you lead us. I ask that you'd empower this body of believers as we walk in new levels of faith and revelation. And we understand authority. First of all, you, like the Roman officer who knew who you were. Let that be become obvious in the way we pray and even change the way we think. You said you could transform the way we think. That these origins of thought that are evil, they're, they're, they're worldly. They come from the God of this world, Satan. God, I pray right now that we would have origin of faith in the truth. And Lord, I pray a blessing over this body now and I thank you for them. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week. Come on for prayer if you need it.
Over every doubt and input. 